Coco, thank you for having me in your house. We're in Venice somewhere, right? Somewhere. <laughs> Venice, Venice somewhere, yeah. <laughs> we met through our mutual friend Zeus, yeah. who's a Greek god and uh, <laughs> the friendliest motherfucker on the planet. Beautiful oh. homo sapien. We love him. Love him. <laughs> best. Um, and your work really fascinates me, mostly because I feel like sexuality so you, you you help people heal through their trauma and you also help people develop in their relationships and connect better in tantric sexy stuff <laughs> i do that's exactly what i do um yeah i i like the heart behind everything i do is to empower people mm, and mm. and live their most authentic and juicy lives and I got <laughs> to that point um, through healing through my own sexual abuse and in that journey discovered how common it is um, mm. and that the systems we have in place aren't there's just so much room for improvement there so um, that's what led me to Tantra and yeah. all of the stuff that I do now so yeah Wow. and so is that because when you you didn't fit, find a system that was adequate for you? And what was your journey like finding a system that was adequate for you in your healing? Well, I mean, immediately after I was raped, um, I Googled, what do you do when you're raped? And the shit that came up was from like governmental organizations that you click on and the it's it's black and white and there's text everywhere and it's sad pictures of like victimized women women and there's it's not actually supportive and it's not clear so i wouldn't say that when i started my journey there was a system in play or in place mm. that i could follow because mm. what was available were like these um terribly archaic yeah and like what are those programs um not self-help centers, but yeah, like... Yeah, but like real basic, inadequate, awkward. It just, it didn't feel... They felt so... Um, non-human. Yeah, non-human. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. And so I didn't relate to any of the processes, and so I found my own way. What was, so. th what was that? What was it? Step by step, what was that way? Well... Um, I really didn't do anything healing wise for the first two and a half years. So in that time, I did what I would say most victims do where, um, I numbed out and I compartmentalized everything that I was going through and I didn't tell anyone other than my detective because um, I filed a civil, uh, criminal, excuse me, lawsuit. Mm. And um, the only other person that knew was my ex-boyfriend, uh, who was my boyfriend at the time. Mm. Um, and so much of, like, the only way I thought that I could get through the process was by not feeling the things that I felt. So my whole life for two and a half years was just compartmentalization. And every time I felt anything, I would like sh shove it down and mm. tell myself that I can't deal with that yet. Mm. Um, because my anger is my greatest weapon. And my anger is what is getting me through this criminal battle. And I need to live in this state until I win. And mm. two and a half years in, of being silent and I, like I lost all of my friends. I didn't sleep at night for two and a half years because I had the most horrendous nightmares. Um, mm. I, I, I literally lived in fear and the best way to describe me was like the walking dead. Um, and oh, then okay. two and a half years in, I had stress induced hemorrhaging which hospitalized me twice. Oh, and yeah. that was really my body's way of like shutting me down um and i remember being in the ambulance on my way to the hospital again and um by the time i i woke up i just remember the doctor like shaking me and looking at me going if you don't process this if you don't like tell someone and get some help 
it will destroy you and you are 24 years old and there's no reason you should be hemorrhaging this way. So that was the turning point in which I started to process more. Um, and really the only thing I had at that point was like the strongest desire to scream. Like it was the, it, once I turned the corner and, and went, okay, what do I need to do? None of the systems out there are helpful. Uh, all I knew is I wanted to scream. And so I started to take really long showers and just allow myself to like feel all of the emotions and basically like appropriately scream. Um, and so that was actually the first thing that I found on my journey of healing and come to find years later like how helpful it is to release and the vibration and speaking your truth and like I discovered that later but it was my body's natural sense to just start with screaming <laughs> <laughs> your body knows best exactly yeah. exactly yeah. <laughs> and so once you started screaming I mean this is a thank you so much for just sharing this because this is such I don't take it lightly the fact that you can openly share this story because it's a mm. big it's a big deal um fuck it's it's so heavy man <laughs> like that carrying that trauma for that period and yeah. and and how that prints out in your body well um, and most survivors do and it really does ooze into every area of our lives spiritually physically emotionally sexually like it just it's the it's like this armor that affects everything and and so i'm very honored to be sitting here with you and so excited to share because we need a shift in society around this so. right and that shift is the openness about sharing the journey in your case example and 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 changing our relationship to this horrific act that takes place and so we can change so we can heal it or what, what's are you asking the first step yeah I, I don't know what I'm asking actually <laughs> you, what, what do you mean by a shift I think in society as it stands like we shame the victims and wow. um, there isn't we shame the victims, we make it hard. You know, the lawsuits are a horrible thing. The, <laughs> the um, rape kit was a bajillion times worse than being raped. Like you're already violated and you feel like an alien and you're walking into a police station and the systems are so harsh and not set up in support of the victim. And then you, you go through a forensics lab and they are questioning everything and they're making you feel like you already can't think, but then they're asking all these detailed questions and they'll like covered my whole body in this dye so that his, his um, fingerprints and semen would show up on me. And so then you feel like, in a, like a science experiment, like there have to be ways that society can shift and be more supportive. And also just like sexuality and sexuality alone. Um, has a weird taint to it. And so then and that's just like consensual sexuality. Mm, and mm. then you go into being um, you go into a more painful avenue of sexuality and it gets even more difficult to talk about. And so, yeah, I think. So, because so, one thing you mentioned is the taboo of sex. It's like, why do you think that exists in our culture? Uh, religion is probably a big one. <laughs> <laughs> um, why does the taboo of sex or, or sorry, should I ask, why, do you think that's a lot to do with the cause of men not understanding their own sexuality or just being... Like, what, why? I don't know what I'm trying to ask. <laughs> well, I mean, human sexuality is a part of everyone. It's a part of our life force. Like, everyone 
is sexual. You can look at babies in utero and they masturbate. Mm. Um, pleasure is a part of the human experience. Mm. And so then you, let's say, okay, so it's a pleasure is a part of the human experience. And then once the baby is born and you say like a three-year-old is caught playing with her vulva and experiencing pleasure and just like in such a pure way and the mom tells her to stop. So at three, she's being shamed for the most valuable and precious part of herself. So it's so subconsciously and unconsciously like wired in us to to not express, to um, to do things in in hiding, um, and then so that as that like develops and seeps into our system over the years. Um, human sexuality in its most pure expression isn't that common. Mm. Like most people don't know what they want sexually, aren't able to voice that. Um, only one third of women have orgasms and that's not because of a genetic wiring, that's because of the, the mental and emotional blockages that they've put up along the way. Mm. Um, and a lot of sex is about, you know, I think when it is misconstrued is about power. And most of us are so damaged and insecure that we abuse that. And so we have a society all running around, mm. not knowing what we're doing with <laughs> the most beautiful life-giving energy, <laughs> fucking it all up. <laughs> so I don't know if that really answers your that question. That does, yeah, it does. What, 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 so what, uh, following your journey for now, what was the next couple of steps for you um, healing after the screaming? Um trying to think of the major things mm. um, one of the things that I mean I've, I've come to the, the realization now that my greatest trauma has truly been my greatest treasure um, but when I before I had turned that corner immediately after being raped and, and the couple of years thereafter I um I felt, <clears throat> excuse me, mm. I felt like I needed to reclaim my power. Mm. I felt so violated and small and um, I just, I just, I feel like, you know, when you could imagine a, a young girl in a corner, like crouched down with her hands over her head like that, everything about my sexuality looked like that and felt like that. And I knew that I needed to reclaim my power. And so one of the most pivotal beginning experiences um, and kind of the, the doorway that I walked through to, to get back in touch with my own sexuality was um, seeing a professional dominatrix. And I come from a heavily religious background. And so to go from um, this old mindset of sex is sinful um, to really being honest with myself and going, okay, what do I need? And when I felt into who's the most powerful sexually, doms came to mind. Wow. And I decided to push past that fear and to really embrace um, everything that was coming up for me and go and have that experience. And it was profound for me. It's a quantum leap. Like, that's a bold, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bold jump, isn't it? Like, what was the, what was the moment where you had the conviction for that? Because I, I massively admire it. Massively. Thank you. Yeah. Um, what was the moment? I'm trying to go back. Well, There's an intuitive sense that this would be this. I need to confront this, or I need to take it to. I need to regain my power. I know you already said that, but I'm just wondering if there's a particular pivotal moment that was a bit of an aha. This this is the right move for me. Um. Yeah, like I I had mentioned earlier, I felt like the Walking Dead. I had no connection to my body whatsoever. Um, 
and and having sex after that was incredibly difficult like i um got married very young i my ex-husband and i gave each other our virginity on our wedding night i had after the divorce i was with one other man before i was raped so i had gone from you know sex will send you to hell for 17 years getting married having a husband divorcing him having one other boyfriend a rapist and then a dom like so it, it was there was a lot of there are a lot of things that happened in between that but i knew i needed to get in touch with my body and i knew like when i looked when i felt into my human mind and i was like who's the most powerful woman it was that was that was it and um i have a friend who is a professional dominatrix and i told her what i wanted um and she ended up connecting me with the woman that i spent time with wow and then can you talk us through that process of being with that woman and some pivotal moments where you felt like what were your choices along the way how did that how did that feel going through that process uh it's <laughs> the scariest thing i've ever done <laughs> No doubt. Wow. Yeah, it was so scary. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, in every way, like like one just meeting with a friend and admitting that I wanted to, you know, I wanted to heal. That's a scary conversation. Admitting that I was raped, scary conversation. To actually getting an email from the dom herself going, you know, in their like sexy language, like what is your greatest desire and what is your pleasure and like all those things. And I'm sitting here going like, holy shit. I don't even like, we're not even talking about desires and pleasures right now. I can't even tap into that. I'm still just trying to f feel anything. I can't feel my body. I've so checked out of this physical container because it's been unsafe, because it's been violated, because blah, 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 blah. Like, we're not even at desires yet. And, and then, you know, the, the choice to respond and, like, <laughs> the choice of what do you wear to your first Dom meeting? <laughs> like, it was all, I, I was so in over my head. Pajamas. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I wear some sexy pajamas, actually. Um, <laughs> um, but it was... Like what pushed me past the fear um, was just like, I was so committed to healing and I didn't know how else to do it. So whatever it took, I was in, I was in, I was in for it. I want, and, and one of the early commitments I made to myself, which was my foundation like every time i felt like i wanted to give in or was losing um just losing heart i would always come back to remembering why i started which was when i like one day when i'm a parent i want to be able to tell my children with full integrity you are worth it you don't get bullied you stand up for yourself you deserve the best and i knew that if i didn't heal through this process i would never be able to say that with integrity and so that is what kept me going and mm. like embracing everything that i needed to to be able to mm. get there mm -hmm. so um wow. yeah i mean i finally emailed her back i went for our first session and um I was, I was just stiff. I was so nervous. I felt like I was, I went in a trench coat, but it felt like a straight jacket. Um, and I told her immediately um, why I was there. Yeah. I couldn't really get that out in the email, but I knew once I saw her, I told her, you know, I am here to heal and I am here to be sexually empowered. I am here, here to feel my body. Um, and I want this to be a sacred space and I want this to be a sacred healing space, not a shallow, sexy something else. Mm. Um, it, was, it was sexual therapy for me. And how did she respond to that? Oh, fully supportive. Totally understood, yeah. Yeah. 
Has she yeah. ever seen anyone do a similar thing? Um, I don't know. Mm. I didn't ask, but there was a tenderness in her eyes hmm. when I was able to express what I had gone through and why I was there. Mm. And so I don't know if it was a, that tenderness came from um, her own personal journey of having experienced something similar or if others have asked her for that. Mm. Um, but it was a... Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's so courageous because it's the other I mean what was the and then what was the some key moments along the way after that first session where was it scary obviously the whole thing you've already said was scary but was <laughs> each session more and more scary or was it was it were you taking steps and feeling the liberation or was there one pivotal moment there were a few key moments. Um, the first session was incredibly gentle. Mm. Um, and, you know, there, there was a point where I was blindfolded um, to keep me from, you know, being in my mind and, like, being able to analyze. But So she blindfolded me, and I was tied up, um, laying on something, I don't even remember. And she, I just, she just so intentionally lovingly um, allowed me to feel my body again so whether that was with you know clothespins or hot wax no, uh, yeah clothespins those drying clothespins yeah, yeah. um, or hot wax or um, being spanked like it it was with such purity that I was able to get back in my body and you know I remember being spanked at one point, um, with my full, per I'd given her full permission to to grow harder, um, and I was I was in such a safe container that I was allowing myself to uh, let the emotions rise, and the spanking started with me feeling like I deserved it, and to feel that like that pain and. Um, almost this like self-hatred that I felt like I needed to be beat for. And we got to the point um, after doing that for so long that that thought and that feeling, it almost like shattered and broke. And I got to the deeper level of so much self-love and how proud I am of myself for handling it the way that I did and how this hard container that I've thought that I've needed to, to live from to survive this process is not my greatest strength. My greatest strength is my vulnerability. My greatest strength are my emotions. My greatest strength are underneath that hardness. And I got to that like transformational space through being spanked. Um, and so I had, I had several other sessions with her. Um, and they were all with that, um, with that sacred healing flavor. And I remember on my last session, there was this moment where she, I was standing above her. So I had been hung upside down already. I had <laughs> been on, on the horse. I had like, everything had happened. And I, I really felt such a, a freedom in my body. I could feel everything. I could express what I wanted. I could keep eye contact with her at this point. I could mm. um, laugh. I could be serious. I felt everything that was going on. And there was this moment after I'd been hung upside down by my feet that I had orgasmed a billion times. I came mm. back down and she's like, what do you want? And it clicked as I was staring her in the eyes, I have all the power. As the submissive, as the weaker one, as the vulnerable one, as the, the female in this dynamic, I have all the power. The, the, dom the domineering one, the, the male, the leader is actually only doing any of this to please me. And the whole perspective shifted to look at my rapist then and go, you've never had any power. You've always wanted what I had. You couldn't get it th from me through consent and with permission. You were so weak that you had, like, you tried to dominate, but, but the submissive, the vulnerable one always has the power. 
And I remember leaving that session with like, <laughs> feeling so empowered hmm. and so sexually alive and so clear. And it was, it was an amazing, uh, that, that journey probably took about four months. Whoa. But better than any talk therapy I'd gone to, any doctors I'd seen, like none of them got me a fraction uh, of the healing that my dominatrix did. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. What a moment to realize that the power is in the vulnerability. What, what a... Oh my God. What a thing. <laughs> Shocked me. <laughs> Shocked me. I'm going to regain my power and think that I need to like... I also tried to do this dominatrix training that was a weekend long and I, I left in the middle of the course because I was like, something's backwards here. Like, something is really backwards about all of this. And then that last session with my dom just going like, holy bananas, I've had the power the entire time. Wow. It was really, really beautiful. Because it's true when, when you surrender as a man or a woman in, during sex, that's when the pleasure comes, you know, like without surrender and letting go and, and also absolute awareness on the other, there can really be no pleasure. I'd love to know what you've learned since with this tantric stuff as well and how, how from that point of vulnerability is where the power is mm -hmm. and where the pleasure is, what's evolved from that for you? Oh, my God. That... that lesson is like a is like a foundation for my life like that is like the soil in which everything else from my life is planted and grows like the in order to surrender there has to be a certain amount of safety and mm. so in that like i really do feel and i have seen it affect every area of my life um how when we trust ourselves, are able to express our needs, and, and to really believe that life is meant to be pleasurable, and to follow our desires, and to follow our pleasure, and not to be making decisions out of fear, but making them out of like love, and joy, and goodness. The, you're, you're limitless, you're infinite, you can't be stopped, like, there's, there's nothing that is unavailable to us, and I, and I have said several times, like, my rapist has given me the greatest gift of my life. I found my voice through him. I found my identity through him. And this whole, like, my sexuality, my joy, everything. I lived so numb. Um, no, I didn't live numb before. I lived according to everyone else's expectations of me before, which kept me unfulfilled. Right. And then through this whole process and through discovering, you know... Tantra and um, conscious love making and the to like follow desires instead of fear like it's changed my whole life incredible I can see why you want to help people teach them how to do this because you're an embodiment <laughs> of the learnings because you're talking from direct experience of your own direct healing oh yeah and who doesn't want to have better orgasms <laughs> <laughs> I mean like that's literally like one of the things I help people do like I have a very great job <laughs> what, is, what are some key tips for people at home listening having greater orgasms mm, your breath is super important mm. Um, so one of the best ways to surrender in sex, which will get you to that altered ecstatic state, is <clears throat> to breathe through your mouth, to not breathe through our nose. When you're breathing through your nose, it heightens your cognitive awareness. When you're breathing through your mouth, mouth it brings more of your body sensations. And that's, wow. like, that's what we want in, in conscious relating, in right. love making, in sex. So your breath is huge. Um, and imagining... I'm very visual, so when you're making love, imagine all of your sensations in like your sexual area, uh, give it a color or, or um, imagine it however it is to you and start to expand it through your whole body. So I usually see mine as like this yellow kind of buttery, glittery light and I grow it through my body. So I see it moving down my legs, I see it moving up my torso and so I'm taking the sexual 
sensations and energy and I'm moving it everywhere. And then right before like the peak pleasure, I slow it down. Mm. So you're building... Um, kind of waves. It goes in waves and it, you, it allows you, when you have so much of that energy, it all, and then you finally do orgasm, you're, there's so much of it, it's so concentrated that you tend to have more of a full body orgasm where it's like bliss and heaven and like you can go for five minutes and like all of those things that we all want when you're circulating that versus mm. just like, oh, you've rubbed my clip for a little bit. I feel some amount of pleasure. <laughs> We're going to stop this now. Like, like delaying that gratification so that you can have more and more and more. Wow. So it really is just consciously riding the wave and knowing how to intelligently build it. Cause some, cause there's, there's, uh, that happens very organically in some relationships when, when the connection is so genuine and so, so much electric connection that that kind of, I feel like in my experience, that's, I was gonna say you have a really wonderful experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's because it's like mainly mainly because I only engage intimately with people when females mostly, but sometimes men <laughs> mostly females. It's all love. <laughs> it's all love, exactly. <laughs> but um, in, in, only engage when I feel like it's an extension. Or it's you know it's a natural. I find it very hard to connect on just for just for the sake of it, you know, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do. Yeah. What I see, from what I see, so I, so that that means I, I suppose I've only I've got a filter. So therefore, any anyone mm-hmm. I do get intimate with, it's it's already at that great level. Yeah. Um, and I find like the heavy breathing, all those things, very, they just our bodies are so smart that they just wanted they do that anyway. Mm-hmm. If we if we really get ourselves, if we have good intention, is it's a genuine chemistry, um, we we surrender, all these things naturally occur right you would say but then there's always op- opportunity to expand them get them better and better yeah um and then everyone's got different level different levels of experience in what better is right because everyone's got their own limitations in capability to surrender okay and also their own path in who they connect with totally mm. yeah and and i love that that is your experience (laughs) like that brings me so much joy (laughs) and I can say like how um lucky you are Mm -hmm. because your experience is not uh the average um you're choosing to connect from this more selective um with intention space Mm. you know most people again are still just seeking validation and or thinking that you know for women it's he won't stick around if i don't put out or this is my womanly duty or for men they need to dominate something um or they don't feel uh valid or good like i think a lot of it for most people is coming from a more wounded place so that is what they're that's what they have as individuals that's what they're going to co-create and so Fucking hell, no wonder there's so many children that are wound, come out wounded. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, I think I think it's part of the soul's journey. We all we all choose, um, we all choose, and that's I mean that's my personal belief. Yeah. But, but yes, like most of us have not been given the gift of being raised in sexually healthy and vibrant environments um, that foster love and and or conceived of like yeah. And, yeah 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 so it's but it's something that is in all of us and that we yeah. can have and just like sexuality like any other area of your life like you have to work on that any level of sexual abuse or not you have to work on that it is your creative life force energy it needs to be channeled in certain ways mm. it is a gift to this human thing that we're doing like so just in your career or you know uh career relationships we we put all this energy into other things in our life and a lot of times people don't realize how much energy and um time and development and work can and should go into sexuality yeah absolutely and because it particularly because 
like anything in life, there's always opportunity to evolve. There's always, if we're not evolving, growing, expanding, it's like fluidity is life, rigidity yeah. is death. So of course people need coaching and growth. And what, what are the, some of the ways in long, longer term relationships where you, what are the patterns that you see? Like if someone's been together for seven years and their sex drive's going maybe, um, what, what's some, what things remedy that? Um, well, I think a lot of that is, is complacency. And so one deciding, is this something you care about? Like you need to have a full yes or a full no, or be confident and secure and having a maybe like how much does your sexuality mean to you Mm. is, is question number one. Um, so that they can move and operate from that place in their own, you know, by, by themselves and also in what they're co-creating with their partner. So Mm. I think one, do you want it? Mm. Um, and two, starting to look at what areas cause the most pain or are the most um, stagnant and meeting those needs. So there are so many different um, tools and techniques and date nights and practices Mm. and you know you can change the container of their relationship. You can um, you can change up roles you can introduce you know there you have limitless options but I think it's one just deciding if you want to work on it and then to looking at where things are stuck and and filling in as needed just as you would if you know your business was going under or if um you're not passing a class like you you you've just you define the need and you meet it um so it's that's kind of like a very generic answer yes, but it's so it's also just the same way we do everything else um mm. So I think it is just really about being intentional, about knowing what you want and making the decision to do that mm. and to be that. Mm. So. Beautiful. And you're in the process of building a course, is that right? Can you speak about that yet somewhat? Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> um, it's called the McKenzie Method. It's an online coaching program for the sexually abused community. Mm. And so it is practical powerful um and and like joyous ways that we can heal from abuse and not not just heal and survive but truly 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 live in abundance and radiance and sexual health and pleasure and like if you and again like we are holistic beings if if everything is every element of your being is affected by everything we do and so um, once we start to heal these wounds, like you'll see how it, it um, plays out in every area of, of our lives. So that's been something I've been working on for several years. Wow. It's, a lot of it's come through my own healing journey, and I feel so honored to be able to share. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Yeah. If it's based on what you've, you've gone through and where you're at now, it so clearly works. And it, it seems like such an intelligent way to heal in what is there's a lot of clearly stuff programs that aren't doing the work that needs to be done for people to resolve these things quickly yeah yeah it's um i so wish that i had this program when i was trying to heal through my process and um I've worked with you know several people now that we've done this process on an individual level, and I've like <laughs> so humbly seen how how magical it is and how limitless we are when we decide. Mm. And so to be able to now start to transition that into something bigger that can reach more, like I'm I'm stoked. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Going back to the sex stuff, what are the what are the pillars of orgasm? Because we chatted the other night at dinner. What was that? What are the pillars again? I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't listening to all them because there was a few of us at the. Group. Oh, like the ingredients of an orgasm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, breath. Yeah. Sound. Yeah. Movement. Um, and pleasure. Right. Um, 
And so when you have those and you're mixing in all of, all of your ingredients, um, if there is surrenderance, it will take you to like the most ecstatic, blissful place. So the, it's, it's breath, um, body movement, and sound mm. that will really get everything wow. flowing for you. <laughs> <laughs> can, you can you create some, can, is there a soundtrack? Is there like an optimum soundtrack that you want to be playing in the room <laughs> with the frequencies that really raise in the situation? I thought you were about to ask me if there was a soundtrack of me orgasming <laughs> to really encourage the That's momentum. It. And I was like, well, we could do that. We can create that now. Let's yeah, just yeah. do that next. It's <laughs> a great idea. That would sell. That would totally sell. Except it would just, I think it would put the people off because... Put the people off. No one orgasming should ever put someone off. <laughs> Fact. Firm belief. I think I no. was in a room and I was trying to pleasure my girlfriend would be having a I don't know maybe I would enjoy it I don't know I haven't been in the in, in the situation yet so I mean if you're having sex with somebody and porn is playing in the background that is so like everything like that resonance and and the um the shallowness and the disconnection of porn mm. I believe I fully believe changes the um, intent of the situation the intent the space the container and really has an effect on it. So if somebody was orgasming from a centered, loving, <laughs> conscious, <laughs> true place, like I think that that would actually help. <laughs> Amazing. That's, Doesn't that's have to be me. Yeah, just yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's definitely when you scream, <laughs> when a woman really lets go, yeah. it's it's a it's such a natural thing to do in the process, isn't it? And it's such a powerful thing to witness because it's like this trumpet of fe divine feminine. <laughs> I mean, for both men and women, like your, your womb mm. um, and your mouth are connected in all of Eastern medicine and all of Tantra yoga, any of those um, philosophies, Taoism, everything, the, the womb and the mouth are the exact same. So, and there is a clear channel. So when one is tight, restricted, in pain, numb, not healthy, it, they, they both are. There's no separation. And so, mm. yes, when you are making love to a woman and she is experiencing pleasure and surrender and expansion and bliss and is able to carry that energy through her channel and up out of her mouth, like there is a power and a connection and a a purity of life in that that cannot be recreated and I think is the most beautiful thing to experience. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, most of us don't have that connection. Mm. Um, if we're experiencing any pleasure at all, we're afraid to express or... Because um, it's vulnerable, I suppose, if you think you might sound strange <laughs> or something or other. Like, what are the things that are holding people back from letting go yeah i mean if you're in your head at all yeah you're you're fucked yeah <laughs> <laughs> but not in a good way yeah um yeah and, and that just again goes back to the conditioning of like sex is wrong and you know a pussy should look like this and we're looking at all the porn stars and um or that sex is like rabbit sex where you're like mm. jackhammering through women um and that is not setting the right tone. That's um, disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, and that is not what it looks like. And if that's what a woman thinks, um, or has, has, it's what that is deep in her programming. Um, and then you can tack on any, like anything anyone's ever said, religious conditioning. Um, if girls made fun of her in the locker room in middle school, if, you know, her labia sticks out, like, anything can be um, a cause of pain and, and make us shut down or and then you tack on sexual abuse and it's really really hard to um, decipher and process and integrate everything that is coming at us mm. so so interesting can we touch on porn for a moment because that's something I've I haven't talked about much but 
I've never felt like I think when I was a teenager, I was curious about it once or twice, but then probably on the second time, I was like, I don't really feel good about this. And so, so I just stopped and I haven't really ever looked at it since. Well, no, I haven't since I was like 16 or 17. Um, and I, I think it's just because maybe because I, I grew up with sisters or maybe it's because I just felt off about it. I don't know. Like I, sisters in the sense that I felt like I say that because you know, I look at it and it just seems highly objectifying, gross. It just feels gross. And, um, and it didn't really make me feel good. I think I just, it didn't make me feel good. It made me feel... Um, yeah, just distasteful, shallow, nothing that felt rich or special. Mm. And so it felt like it had no nutrition, I guess. The, yeah. the, the, so for me, I can't really relate to particularly the males. I know I have girlfriends as well that are really into like lesbian porn. Um, I don't know many girls that have been into guy and girl porn, but I, my, my field research is very limited. <laughs> But point is, what is it? What is it about porn? Do you think that is so addictive, or people like it so much? Why do people like it so much? Um, or maybe? Well, yeah, you go. Well, I think. A lot of um, a lot of people's sex is based off of repetition. Um, there are so such a large majority of the population that can only orgasm one way. Um, you, you and then you dive in deeper to like fetish and kink, um, or, or and that is like deeply um, deep neuronal patterns and programs that have been set for so long that it limits our expression. Um, so I think a lot of people with porn, um, it is a visual stimulation that helps them stay in it. Um, most people check out from our physical bodies because when you actually stay in that much level, in that much sensation for so long, emotions will start to come up. And when you are stay, remain in your head and visual and outside of you're, you're watching something outside of yourself, you're putting yourself in fake scenarios and you're not actually in your own body. Yeah. It keeps you disconnected, and, yeah. but it still allows people to release that sexual. I don't even want to call it energy on this case. I'll call it sexual tension. Um, <clears throat> and so I think that is one of the many reasons. That's why. a great way to put it. I like how you call it attention. It's not even it's something as powerful as energy. Yeah, I mean, I believe that everything is energy, but I also believe in the the origination, like the the conception of where your thoughts come from, how things originate, what the what the root of everything is. And just like you said, you felt um, off mm. with porn. I would say your sensitivity is is quite impressive. Um, because that is a certain energy level that you were picking up on. You couldn't necessarily articulate why, but yeah, like no. you just felt it. Yeah. Um, that's because everything is energy. But but when you are misusing such a beautiful gift, um, I I view that as as that tension, that like ugh. yeah yeah it is. It feel it feels primitive, unevolved, um, super shallow unintelligent in a way i feel it feels all these just basic things it is it's 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 loud and basic that's what it seems to me and to touch on that like i believe that the human expression is limitless and that we are meant to embrace every aspect of who we are and so i do believe endorse and have primitive sex mm mm-hmm. I don't discredit that um, because I want to be a balanced, the yin and the yang. I want to be a balanced human that doesn't shun or repress any element of, of cool. who I am. And so it again is just, why am I doing what I'm doing? Is this a conscious act? Do I want to be the porn star for tonight? Mm-hmm. Like, 
I, yes. And there, and there is, a, then there is a time and space for that. Yeah. But to do that with awareness, do I want to fuck like an animal? Yeah. Yeah. We're doing that tonight. Do I want to have tantric eye gazing with you for 30 minutes and share my fears and my loves and desires and just have a sensual, tender experience? Yes. Like, like we, there is a, there's a, a health and a, and a beauty to be able, being able to accept all parts of who you are mm. emotionally, sexually, physically, like that's smart. Yeah. That's, the, that's the evolution of what I try to say. <laughs> that's my, my, that's beautiful. I love that. It's yeah. I think I've got this tendency to, um, and I think it's a male thing. Um, to feel secure in a particular way of thinking. I, if I think, right, this is where I've established now, I'm going to draw a line <laughs> and this is my way of thinking. So that's what I think I did just then for my attitude towards porn. Because while I still stand in the place I do about it, I also see I don't want to have a rigid attachment to the idea of that's my attitude towards it. it for, for example, because... It limits me to experience the full spectrum of 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 the human experience. Yeah, I mean, while I can say I am directly against porn, um, there's the other side to it, which is what you're talking about: identity and ego, and and you know, identity is just like a set of thoughts that we lump together and say, like when we attach to ourselves, um, to to make this egoic frame and I believe that life is about is meant to be experienced and explored Mm. and so pushing those limitations and taboos and leaning into the pain and and not shying away from life and following your desires instead of your fears like I do believe in all of that Mm. equally so I hate the porn industry (laughs) just so we're super clear yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) and I make a really great (laughs) at-home porn star (laughs) It's amazing. <laughs> so I think that's a, that, to sum up. That's kind of the thing. It was like, it was, yeah. You, I think you summed up perfectly. How <laughs> great of a homemade porn star I am. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. But just, just, I think, I think what we're saying is that, um, you know, the, the, like I said, the porn industry is fucked, and the whole intent of it is it doesn't really serve our greater good, our evolution, greater pleasure, truly, and but behaving like those people do might be fun for a moment in an intimate environment. Like it's completely different. So it's, it's like saying, I don't like football, but I really enjoy playing football. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's too like, say, you know, I don't like watching football, sorry, but I enjoy playing football. That's what I meant. Right. Mm. And too, like say a, you know, a couple has been married for 20 years. They have a, lifeless their sex life is lifeless that's what I meant I was like lifeless where am I going their sex life is lifeless Um, he might watch porn because it's tapping on a part of himself that he's not allowing to be expressed that he's deeming as animalistic bad um, she's labeling it as unwanted and gross Mm. and so that is so harmful for humans for the relationship for all of life because um every aspect of who we are needs to be expressed in an appropriate safe and conscious way right and so he might watch you know rough porn because it it gives him that um outlet um instead of doing the personal processing that we need to to be able to have that in our own lives and give ourselves that permission and that healing and that beauty of being all of who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just another way that I think people use and I mean abuse porn. Mm. Um, do, you think, do you think there's any way to do something pornographic or a pornographic film in which it could be, well, that would suit... The idea of what you think it should be look it looked like. Um. Yes and no. Like I feel like the the system. 
can't be controlled and the systems we have in place are so, um, they're just rooted in so much uh, grossness. So as it stands now, like, mm, I don't really know how to answer that question, but, mm. but do I think that there should be, or is it my hope that one day when I'm raising my children, um, there are things that we that are so beautiful and pure and uplifting um, that celebrate human sexuality that we could watch as a family and help each other learn and grow and expand. Yes. Mm. Do I believe the general public is ready for that or that we could give this, um, put this kind of beauty and content in the hands of the existing people in Hollywood and the media? No. Um, but yes, that is my hope that one cool. day we have that. That's cool. It's such a sacred. It's one of. I mean, it's the, the the prequel to the greatest miracle of being a human, which is creating life. So it's it's the most powerful, magical, beautiful thing. Let alone that you know the lo- the love energy that's embedded within it. It's just. It's it's bewildering to me how we we grew up in a world where it's not held with absolute reverence and seen in a way that's lets it be its truest most powerful sacred self the experience you know like yeah. we're because i grew up in a christian didn't have sex till i was 24 very very um christian mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it my relationship to sex was um definitely handicapped in that sense like it was a sinful thing like you said before it was something that I didn't feel like I really embraced and that took some years after leaning into it to really find my place with it you know my relationship to it see it see it for what I wanted it to be and I I definitely chose to not have sex when I was like 15 or 16 because that's when you know it started opportunities started arising but so it was a conscious choice to not engage in that and I still own that because obviously that's where I was. That's that's my convi- it was my conviction, and I'm I back myself for that. And I think it did teach me a lot as well. Like it, there's definite benefits to it to be able to, um, ha- you know, have some sort of. I mean, I feel like I'm positive in it because <laughs> I, I missed out on a lot as well. <laughs> but I choose I, to see the beauty. Yeah, I choose to see the beauty <laughs> in in self control. In, yeah. in having this insatiable urge to have sex with someone but choosing not to and it's fucking crazy when I look back crazy because there was one point where the most beautiful woman came into my life and she really wanted to and I just kept saying no 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 and I was fucking blue balling this shit out of myself I was in so much <laughs> physical pain <laughs> and it just made looking back I'm like what what it, it, my body was just screaming out how wrong this is yeah. you know just i was so naive about knowing what the process would be about it's it's crazy to me <laughs> it's crazy yeah. it's crazy yeah and that like to me goes back to the power of human conviction Mm. Like when you believe in something and when you are dedicated to something and you've chosen something, like you can do anything, blue balls or not. Like, mm, 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 <laughs> and true. it's, it's, you know, it is our life force. It's our creative force and, and with, you know, it's incredibly powerful. And there are a lot of wounded people who abuse their power and hurt people continue to hurt other people Mm. and there's a lot of healing that needs to be done but it is still beautiful to come back to the truth of like we are never stuck you can decide and create anything that you want you are limitless you have Mm. all the resources you need within Mm. and it is just a matter of remembering that Mm. and tapping into that and making the decisions Mm. based off of your own conviction yes because that that teaches you so much no matter what you do even if i missed out on all that stuff the conviction my capability and my integrity is fucking laser-like now because i i i um 
I my I I was I had integrity. <laughs> you know, if I if I feel like I don't want to do and I'm choosing not to do this, I'm acting on not doing it. So I'm I'm acting in accordance to my conviction. And no matter yeah. what that is, that's that embeds probably something I'm fucking proud of now. Even though I missed out on all that sex, <laughs> is is this capability to sit, be in, have integrity? To have integrity to to realize your own personal power. Mm. You chose that. You withstood the temptation. Mm. You were convicted and chose to do something that whether or not you're still in alignment with that belief is irrelevant. You mm. believe something and you acted from that place, the awareness that you had at that time in your life. And that like that breeds personal empowerment that imp- that yeah. adds to your identity, that adds to your will, that adds to your the authority through which you walk through the world, that adds to your um, leadership. And which is why I really do believe personal conviction is foundation yes yes Um, because when you're living with that clarity then you're living with clarity and and everything is like it's just so much easier yes 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 it's so much easier to navigate through life and know what you want and what you don't although i think the only learning looking back is research do some research jess you know (laughs) like if i'd done it again i would have been like just leave the church uh, like (laughs) and just research and then find out rather than yeah because i think that's one thing I think we're as human beings scared of is getting our hands burnt or, you know, finding, going down the path of wrong and, and seeing what it f- feels like, seeing what the flavor of it is and then finding out firsthand, no thanks, no, no more of that. You know, and I don't think I would have done that with sex, but, I would, you know, I would have had, I would have landed in a place a lot sooner of understanding the nature of what this thing is that I am choosing not to engage in. Yeah, one of the ways that I, when I am confused um, and trying to decide between, you know, the blue pill or the red pill, um, I will sit with myself, I'll like quiet, I'll ground, I'm going to take a few breaths or close my eyes or whatever it is, is true for me in the moment. And I will feel what, I will feel into one option. So I'll fully imagine, um, having sex with Joe. Mm. Um, and I will feel, you know, what arises in my sensations, what's happening in my physical body, what emotions are coming up for me. Um, and I'll just listen and take note. And, you know, if I'm feeling like an openness and an expansion in my chest, if I feel like a smile start to come on my face, if I feel like the tension in my shoulders relaxing, then I notice that. Mm. And then I'll feel into my other option. So let's say, it's sex with Fred, sex with Fred, <laughs> sexy Fred. Um, and if I, f- I'll do the same thing. I'll just listen to my body's intelligence because wow. I have seen so many times that my mind can lie to me mm. or that, or that my not lie to me, but it's I, misinformed. It's, it's, uh, it's, I've just discovered that my body never lies. Yes. And so to, to, and I've discovered that over years and years and years of learning and building that trust. Mm. Um, but my mind confuses me. My mind can be swayed. My mind can believe any, anything in any moment, but my body is such a safe haven for me mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And to always weigh my decisions on, on the truth of my, of my life, not just of my intellectual body, but, but mm. all of who I am. Wicked it's been very helpful that's a really helpful test for people to try at home is to imagine the scenario that they're choosing between and then see how their body feels yeah I think that's a great I, I, my process with getting in touch with my intuition like that is just asking the question after meditation so I'm really de-excited and then asking the question and waiting for the sense to come in my gut which is often where it comes to a calm, knowing, all-seeing, powerful, pervasive, loving intelligence yeah. that just bubbles up, and it's it's very different to the the tone and the you know the sound of my mind. Um, and then once I hear those words, it's like right, that's that's the answer. Yeah. Um, and it's often very very short. Yes, no, do this, but let go, and if it's right, it'll come back. 
very very to the point yeah <laughs> and the brain's never to the fucking point never never i've i've said with so many of my clients the the language of the head and the language of the heart are mm. so different mm. and we have to learn to communicate from the, the language of our heart and when we do that like your life gets so much easier <laughs> <laughs> So much easier. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. What a journey you've been on. Fuck, man. You're really, you're really embodied. For your learnings. You're really embodied. Yeah. Your growth. I'm, I've worked very hard for that. Amazing. And will continue to. But yes, that is, it's earned. I yeah. put a lot of hours into this. Amazing. <laughs> you feel like you're smelling the roses now? of where you're standing? I have never been happier. <laughs> I've, I've truly never been happier and more huh. fulfilled and living in so much love and abundance and like could not have predicted this and hmm. so fucking blessed. Yeah, many, wow. many roses. <laughs> wow thank you so much for everything you've shared and just been it's just absolutely gorgeous <laughs> and beautiful thank you oh my god thank you so much for having me this has been so fun and such an honor to share <laughs> lots of love mm.